to the Carrero podcast. Before we get started, we would wish to inform our listeners Carrero is supported by edX Global, an international nonprofit where we work with K-12 students as they work with their local and global communities, providing service learning activities. In 2022, we are asking for your support to raise $20,000 to assist our students in their activities in creating gardens for schools and communities, purchasing and delivering blankets for the homeless, providing curriculum for teachers across the world, purchasing backpacks and filling them with educational items for students in need, and collecting and delivering food and toiletry items for local homeless organizations. You can donate with Venmo using at edx-global, or you can use our website at edxglobal.org and donate. We appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome to the Carrero Podcast. Today, our guest is Barbie the Welder. Barbie is an American metal sculptor, published author of six books, and advocate for the skills trades from Erin, New York. Even though she had no business experience or professional art education, Barbie's unique self-taught style of creating sculptures quickly threw her into the spotlight on social media where she caught the eye of individuals and major corporations alike. To date, she has designed and created sculptures for the American Welding Society, Miller Welders, Chicago Pneumatics, Harley-Davidson, Carolina Shoe Company, and exclusive clients in 15 countries. Barbie the Welder has inspired and taught thousands of people to weld art through her books, metal art welding kits, and her YouTube channel. Hi, Barbie. Thanks for joining us today. What inspired you to become a metal sculptor, and how did you get started? Actually, in a high school, I had a, I have a background in auto mechanics. I dealt with a lot of sexism with it, and so after several years, I walked away from the industry. Uh, I'm still madly in love with cars, but uh, moving forward several years, I had been working for myself. I was super low income, even though I was working seven days a week. I was hauling scrap metal and pulling parts off of cars and pick apart and then selling them on eBay. And during that time, I sat down with my neighbor and we watched the movie Castaway starring Tom Hanks and... Wow. There's a 15 second clip of this woman like welding these giant angel wings. Yeah. And that literally has shaped the last 15 years of my life. That's so crazy. So following wow. that, zero artistic talent to speak of that I thought I had. And I'd never welded before, but I knew it was what I was meant to be. Wow. That's so then cool. that means we uh, need a hashtag Tom, Tom Hanks on on this one just to get him <laughs> to hear, hear that. Because that's amazing. So, so one small... 15 second clip because I remember it changed your whole direction. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that That's clip, amazing. but now I'm going to go and look for it for sure. It's right <laughs> at the beginning. It's where like the FedEx dude walks in and like, it's like, Oh, this is whatever you've got a package. And she's like, she's welding. She's, you know, it's dark in there. She's got the hood down. Like the sparks are going everywhere. It just spoke to my soul and had it not been a woman, or had it not been the wings, like maybe it didn't speak to me, but it was that combination of like the arcs and sparks of the, you know, like just, oh, just, yeah. And it just, it makes no sense to really like, when I explain it to people, I just, I feel silly even saying it because like, again, like my drawing, like egregious, like people can't even tell my stick figures. <laughs> like just like zero, like I felt like I had zero. I mean, like I could make box forts and pillow forts. Like I really like excel at that kind of art, but yeah, I just never, ever, ever considered myself to be artistic in any way, shape or form. And look at you wow. now. And, 
and, and, and Barbie, I, um, you, you mentioned the, the sexism that you were going through, um, in your, in your previous occupation, have you found that in, in the, um, in the world of metal sculpture? I have not. I was, I'll say I was blessed, but it's BS to even say that, but I have not dealt with it. Like when I went to school, uh, when I got hired at the custom fab shop, I worked at for five years. I didn't deal with it at all there. Not until I got um, a, a little tiny bit online with social media and it was just um, like I, I got some sponsors and people were like, oh, they only like you because you're a girl, which I grew myself into a person at that point where I knew better than what they were saying. When I was dealing with the sexism and auto mechanics, one, it's never right. Like it's never right, but also I wasn't mentally in a good place when I was in auto mechanics. And so I did the best I could to handle it at the time. I ended up walking out of every job I had where I dealt with that, which was the best I could do at the time. I tried to deal with it a couple of times. I got brushed away. There's sexism in every industry. And that goes for men being nurses just as much as it is for a woman being a welder. It's on every, like on every side, but, uh, it's a tough it's a tough thing right like it's like don't ever let yourself be treated with disrespect but also know that anyone that's going to treat you like that is not a happy human being right and if they were a happy human being they would never treat another human being like that you'd never hear oprah or you know uh elon musk talking crap about somebody someone who's successful and happy is just not going to treat another human being like that so Mm. it's I've grown myself into someone who understands that, but at the time of dealing with it, it was so crushing for yeah. me. So you also shared in your bio with us that you don't have any business experience or you've said that you don't have any professional <laughs> art education. So can you share with us how you've published six books and tell us about your book? <laughs> I'm not good at English either, which is crazy. So... <laughs> I am self-taught, like I, I was taught through brilliant fabricators, the, the art of welding and fabrication. My art is completely self-taught and as a business owner, I'm like YouTube smart. Um, and, and same thing really with the art, it's just, it's practice. And same thing with the, like the building my business. I have failed my way to success with both of the aspects as far as the, the welding art and the running a business, I literally sat in my shop for nine months. Like when I went full time and I quit my job to go full time as an artist, I sat here for nine months and created art and didn't even understand. And I'm not a stupid person that I needed to sell my art. I, I'm not even sure how I expected it to happen, but just, I just sat here and like happily made art, like was scared to kind of show it on Facebook because of fear of judgment, mm-hmm. um, which was soul crushing. And it just, it took a few, few things to happen for me to go, oh my gosh, like, girl, you need to learn how to, to sell your art. And so I just went on this mission where any moment that I was not in the shop creating art, I spent every waking moment studying how to sell brand and market. And there's not anything, or at the time there wasn't anything out there for artists that, that spoke to me. There was tons of stuff about being an entrepreneur and building a business like I don't know like like a McDonald's or a Nike but it's it's like creating a business around art is just 
completely different animal than what you're and there's you're not really an average entrepreneur but i'll say you're average entrepreneur so it was many many failures and figuring out what didn't work in order to figure out what did work and then i you know, went with something for a while i was like okay i saw you know, you kind of get like this little uh you get like a bone and you're like oh my god like let me go in this direction you start going towards that and i'm like this really works and then like you know something will work over here and you're like oh my gosh let me try that and it just kind of i played with my business i still continue to play with metal and play with my business i see what works and i use what works and what doesn't work you know, I uh, drop it and try something else. The book, the book, I kind of fell into being an author, which is weird. I never in a million years would have done that. But I had, and the way I think it happened was, what had happened was, mm-hmm. a friend that came in that uh, is a semi-professional photographer, and he took a picture of my horseshoe wine rack. I was using Pinterest heavily at the time just to... I was looking at art through it. I was posting on it. Uh, posted the picture of the horseshoe wine rack that my friend took, and it went viral. And I wish to this day I figured out how we did it or how I did it because I still can't repeat it. But I ended up with like 12,000-some likes on it. And then next thing you know, I got an email from a publisher who was like, and I don't know if this is how it happened, but that's the only way I could think of that they found me was through that because of just how, how viral that went. Like, if I get 100 likes on something on Pinterest, I'm doing really good, right? Wow. <laughs> but uh, the publisher wrote to me, and they're like, hey, you know, can you write a book doing 20 uh, horseshoe crafts? I'm like, sure. And I honestly thought that it was BS. I thought someone was playing with me. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I could do that. And then they came back, and they're like, well, could you do 30 projects? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And then they sent me a contract. Wow. Wow. And I was like, okay and i still didn't believe it <laughs> it's still a, and then they gave me a check and i was like oh shit, i have to write a book yeah and so <laughs> yeah right Twenty-five thousand words 30 projects i had to go write this book and so one i had to come up with the projects i didn't know 30 horseshoe projects i knew like 10. yeah so i designed 20 more projects i sat down in my kitchen and figured out how to do it i like cut up horseshoes and like like this is how you do this uh it took me 40 hours like i shit you not it took me 40 hours i wrote it was twenty three thousand five hundred words because i had a 10 percent wiggle room i think is what they said as far as how many words i welded those 30 projects i took pictures of all of them and i had it sent in in 40 hours that's insane that's because insane. I didn't, I wanted to get back to welding. <laughs> like, no kidding. Yeah. I wanted to get back to welding. Uh, it just, it, I did. The writing took me approximately 32 hours. It was eight hours to weld with 30 projects and do all the pictures of it. It was, and I, like I said, I never, ever, ever would have written a book had they not approached me. And like I said, I fell into it. But after they did it the first time, I'm like, well, that was easy. And so, God, what was my second book? My second book was the, I have, to, I have to stop and think about it, The Inspiration Blueprint, which I offered them because they got, like, part of the contract was like, oh, they could do the, they get first dibs, I think, on my next two books. So I offered it, and they're like, nope, and so I'm like, you know what, I'll self-publish it. And then realize, I'm like, I have so much more control over it when I self-publish it and really enjoyed the process. And so, like, 
people were, it was resonating with people because it was the inspiration blueprint is how to design and create a life that inspires you instead of needing motivation, which is basically the step-by-step of what I did to get where I was. Yeah. And people, it resonated with people. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And so I just ended up finding this new, again, playing with stuff. I found this new thing. I'm like, I love to inspire people. This is crazy. And then just started leaning into that and playing with that. You know, and and uh, when when people are listening listening to this, what they're not going to be able to see is that beautiful Davy Jones over your left, um, you know, over your left shoulder. It's beautiful, um, you know, and 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 so I could I could see where where people would be would gravitate to wanting to learn from someone like you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and probably more so after this podcast hopefully because they're you know they're just going to tell or they're just going to know that you're engaging and you know you're you're smiling and you're full of life um and so and that kind of builds up to to our next question and your work in k-12 schools so what are you what are you doing with schools and you know what are you what are you doing with um as an as an advocate for the um, trades so the schools, I've not been able to go into them since COVID, which is such sure. a huge bummer, but I have gone to, gosh, uh, I think second grade, second or third grade is the youngest from there to up to high school that I go into the classrooms and I talk to the kids about welding and art and like just as a, as a career, I have uh, just been blessed to speak to so many people about it. Um, I, I missed that connection. So on LinkedIn, I went in and I was like, Hey, if you're in school, if you know, someone that's in welding school, like send me an email and I'll send you a video. So I made like a video to send to the students of the school just to say hi. And I am so proud of them. And I'm excited for them with welding and what welding, how welding has blessed my life through like the, the joy of craftsmanship and working with my hands, how it's helped me overcome depression and just deep depression. Um, I really, I'm living this life that's beyond my wildest dreams. Just, Mm -hmm. I literally have to pinch myself all the time. And to think, like, considering, like, all that, and I I went through a lot of stuff as a kid. I, like I said, deep depression, and I grew up with depression and didn't know that wasn't normal. Um, I've gone through addiction with drugs and alcohol. I've been homeless. I've been arrested. Just went through the gamut. And to... Be able to stand in front of students today who may or may not going be going through like their own kind of personal hell. Yeah. That maybe something I could say or something I've welded speaks to them or something. It's just this incredible. It's an incredible honor to be alive, first of all. Mm. But it's an incredible honor to be able to speak to to people and to just share with them what what has brought me joy. Um, one of the projects I'm working on right now, I've kept it very low key, but I'm super excited about it. Is I'm actually in the process of writing four kids' books about the skilled trades to wow. introduce the uh, our upcoming generations to the skilled trades. I want to go into the schools early. I want to have these programs in the schools early for kids, yeah. like the like technology class mm-hmm. where like. I think it was eighth grade. I got to go in and I made a lamp, and they yep. taught me like wiring electric, and they taught me how to make like this little trivet. Like, 
they, they taught me the trades and I don't see that in a lot of schools anymore. Right. And it's like, there was such a push for college that there's a big gap that we're missing the trades in. And so I'm like, I can't like currently, and maybe later on, I will be able to hopefully there are, I can't give the school the funding that I would love to, to get these kids to have these programs. So how can I get the kids involved and excited about the trades now? And it's like, okay, I know how to write write the book so i'm got uh i'm covering welding electrical uh carpentry and mechanics in these uh in these four books and it's just gonna talk about these two kids who are like they've got a or their neighbor who's a you know, carpenter and she's teaching them how to i'm over the moon excited to uh That's so i'm hoping by this summer to have them that sounds really fun and very interesting and like you said that's I think a topic that comes up a lot today is um you know like myself being in higher ed and Fred as well and being you know just college focused and a lot of people are like well what about the trades like not every kid has to go to college and that's true not every kid has to go to college some can go to a technical training and some can learn on the job and I think it's good to plant these seeds early to spark the interest in these young ones to see what it is that they're really passionate about. Yeah. I think it's important to offer them a variety. Yeah. It's just because college, like I don't want my, you know, my physician to learn how to do whatever on YouTube. Right. Like I would definitely like him (laughs) to have, you know, or her to have those skills, but I think the more options that we offer these kids, I mean, just like, I, I think there was just like four careers that were offered to me in mm. high school. It just like, they're like, they told me I could be a farmer. Like I did some kind of weird test that they're like, <laughs> oh, put your likes and dislikes. And they're like, you should be a farmer. Oh. Which definitely, I'm not, I'm not an early riser. You don't want me to run a farm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I will run out, I'll, I'll eat all the produce. I literally will sit by the, you know, the peach tree and, you know, not, not a good fit. I'm still scared of horses. I'd like to go for horses, <laughs> but I'm still scared of horses. But I mean, just like the more options that these kids have in front of them, I think it's easier for something to speak to them. Yeah. You know, like there's a, there's a, like this nasty term about being a starving artist. And so, there's so many people out there that are so deeply creative, but one artist somewhere out there was just like, I'm a starving artist because they didn't figure out the business side and they don't teach the business side as far as I'm aware of. I didn't go to art school, but there's a certain way that like artists that I've met that come through school, they have a certain way that they do their business and it's going to get grants. And I'm like, but there's, but wait, there's more. And so I think there's some more options that we offer people and not put like these negative things on it. Like college is not negative. And I don't want to demonize college over the trades. And I think right. that there's, I, I'm seeing such a surge in people honoring the trades and being okay, the trades are awesome because they are, they super are. But so is college and so is being an artist and so is being an entrepreneur. Like just, there's just so many options out there. The right. more the kids see, it's like the more chances they have of, finding something they deeply love. And then when you deeply love what you're doing, that's where people really start making a difference. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's, that's so right. Um, um, some of the things in which you've been doing, um, you've been 
commissioned to do a lot of major projects, um, Americade Motorcycle Rally, Sturgis, um, and, and then also the SEMA show in, in, in Vegas. Can you, can you share with us, because I, I, we're thinking this, this was pretty cool, how you were commissioned to do the Harley-Davidson project? My gosh, I have the best life ever. Have I mentioned that? If I haven't, I'm going to say it too. <laughs> you can keep telling us so, though. Yes. I know, right? Oh my gosh. Just, oh man. Such a blessed human being. So I have welded two sculptures for Harley Davidson. And what had happened, what happened was I was sitting at a diner having breakfast. Uh, down the road from my house here Sunday morning on a Sunday morning and I just Instagram because I'm constantly on my social media and talking with people and happened to see that Jesse James Dupree the lead singer of Jackal was following my social media and I almost fell off my stool like, let me tell you what like, <laughs> at, like total fangirl like lost my crap like total fangirl um mind blown and I was like, holy crap. So I go in and I start looking at his profile. Because I'm mean, like, I wasn't following him with all due respect. I'm sorry, Jesse. I wasn't following him <laughs> on social media. So I go in and I start looking. I see he's got his own brand of bourbon. I, he's just he's doing some stuff. And I'm just like, wow, that's really cool. I want to brand stuff. So I'm just like, I'm a humbug. I'm like, he's already following me. I'll message him. I'll ask him how he branded his own whiskey. Because I'm like, I don't know. Again, I play with ideas. Like, this is what I want to do. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, um, how did you brand your own whiskey? Just messaged him through Facebook. And just like a couple minutes later, he writes me back. He writes me back and he's just like, hey, I'll, uh, I'll give you a call. He's like, give me 15 minutes. I'll give you a call. I'll explain to you. I'm like, no what? way. What the f***? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So throw my dishes to the side, you know, pay a tip, go out and sit my truck in the parking lot. And he calls me and like literally just goes through like how he's branded his stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like just trying not to, you know, try not to lose my crib. And so like two weeks later, I get, uh, I get a phone call from him. He's like, hey, Barbie, he says, uh, Harley Davidson has hired me to uh, promote them at Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Uh, he owns Pappy Hoyle Campground at, um, at, in, uh, in Sturgis. And uh, he's I'd like you to make two sculptures for them. He says, one, it's Harley Davidson's hog, Harley owners group, 35th anniversary. And it's Harley Davidson's 115th anniversary. I'd like you to make a sculpture each. The one for hog, I want you to come out to Sturgis and do it live at Sturgis. And uh, the other one for Harley Davidson is, you know, do it home and then uh, bring that out to Wisconsin for their 115th. And listen, I welded sculptures live uh, the horseshoe sculptures and silverware art. It's stuff that I can, with all due respect, I can crap out and do painting with it. It's easy. I've done them a thousand times. It's not something I have to think about. It's, you know, you don't think about breathing. I've just done them so much, you don't think about it. But masterpiece sculptures, like what he was looking for, it takes me a minimum of three weeks. I'm in the privacy of my shop. Wow. It's, it's not, you know, so I mean, like, I'm just like, yeah, sure. Oh, I said, yes, absolutely. I had no stinking clue how I was going to do it. But I just, I jump off a cliff and I figure out how to build an airplane on the way down. It's literally my business. Not. Yeah. So I just, I got a, I got a design in my head of what I thought I was going to make. 
I had to buy different tools because I was running off all pneumatic tools, air tools. And I was only going to have a, a 50 foot extension cord out there. I packed up my truck with all my stuff. I had to make a little booth that I could weld in that people could actually see because when I was welding stuff before, it was just, just different situation. Um, packed up my truck. I drove 24 hours out to uh, Sturgis by myself. Wow. Set up my tent and uh, I had nine days to weld the sculpture, but I also had all my, like all my art set up to sell. I had made a whole bunch of stuff to sell because I'm just like, this is a huge opportunity. We're talking about okay. hundreds of thousands of people. I'm the motorcycle people. These are my people. Yeah. And so I, I went out there. I worked from sun up to sundown for those nine days. Uh, there was a storm on day two or three. It's like 80 mile per hour winds. And I had to just like oh. drop everything. And like, I had people like running to grab my, I don't know. I've never been out there before. When there's a storm in New York, we just drop our tents low and like let it go by, right? Yeah, out there, no, like devastating winds apparently. So everyone's like, no, 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 get you know, hauling the stuff in. But um, I think it was an hour and a half before it needed to be presented to Harley Davidson. I finished it. Hmm. I think it was 70, 70 some hours, no, nine days. I don't know. It, it was a lot of hours. I literally like just I I ate and I welded that sculpture and I you know people want to talk to you and like they're excited about what you're doing so you want to go talk to them and it, it was um it was scary but exciting but um right before I got like right before I finished it Jesse came out to me and uh he's like his backstage pass I'm just like over the moon happy um and like given the sculpture, they take that. I go over and I'm hanging out backstage with like the whole band. I'm gonna go for this. And I was like, he's got his own whiskey. So like we're out there and we're taking sips of whiskey. Like, this is so much fun. So I go up on stage, they have the concert, and in the middle of the concert, they start talking about the sculpture. And I'm like, oh my gosh, best day ever. I reach in my cowboy boot and take out my cell phone so I can record it for posterity's sake. Sure. And uh next thing I know, Jesse is like yelling my name. And he's like, Barbie, he's like, where's Barbie the welder? And I'm like, oh my God, jam my phone back in my boot. And he calls me out on stage and has me present the sculpture to Harley Davidson. Just like, and what we're talking, this is at Full Throttle Saloon, which is like the largest biker bar in America on stage with Jackal, Harley Davidson, just mind blowing. And the only thing I have to present to my dear parents to let them know my very like God loving parents is a picture of me turning up a bottle of Jesse James bourbon <laughs> that, that a fan happened to catch like someone who recognized me happened to catch a picture of me and send it to me on Instagram later on I've got like this grainy picture of me just drinking um just like straight to the bottle like you're welcome mom and dad I love you so much this is your darling dog. yeah just absolutely That's awesome. <laughs> That's um, that's a great blood. story. Yeah, all yeah, and, awesome. yeah, and it all sparked from you taking a chance and asking a question, right? Like it never hurts to ask because what they don't respond or they say no, and you're ex in the exact same spot as you were before you asked. So there's no harm in it. I love that you took a chance. You when, win or you break even. That's it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That would be a great T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> 
There you go. Something else. Good. That might be my, my post for Instagram tomorrow. I'm yeah. inspired. You've inspired me. <laughs> Do you have any major themes of your work or um or is each one sort of independent of the other? Um I'm I'm just like I'm so drawn to the wings. And I like I said, that's why I think that spoke to me so much. As a kid, uh as a kid, my dad had his pilot's license, and him and three other guys like all co-owned an airplane. And so, I got to fly as a kid, like a lot, like just the luckiest little brat you've ever met, right? Um, and it's like they, they've always spoke to me. I have like I've had dreams of flying like all my life, like but like me flying, like not an airplane, but just like me flying. Yeah. So the wings just, yeah, it, it just and I like. Maybe it's because of the flying as a kid. I'm not sure, but just it's, it's always spoke to me. And that's why that sculpture, that's why that moment in that movie, I think was just so powerful to me. But it just, it is. If I can put wings on something and sign me up, like I've got like skull butterfly wings. I've got like angel wings. I'm making a, I'm currently making a, um, a phoenix. It's half woman, half phoenix. So like the top wow. half is a woman. The bottom half is the phoenix tail feathers. Yeah. And if I have my way with it, it's going to have a 14-foot wingspan on it. Cool. If yeah, I can fit it always, in the shop. Yeah, you know, I was I was first drawn to your to your Instagram site when I when I when I saw this welder trying to move this big dude, this big <laughs> your your big dude, and he fell, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And then you were just like, meh, you know, and, and you just picked it up and you just kept on working. I'm like. Who is this person? This is, oh this is so cool. Um, yeah, one welder was hurt in the making of that video. I missed my <laughs> <laughs> Um But no, it was it was just, um, and then I, you know, then I started to look at your art a little bit more carefully. And yeah, you know, there was there's all these kind of themes popping out. But one of the things that was that I really was drawn to was the intricacy of your work. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for, for, for just, for just sharing that, how detailed your, your own, your own work is, um, um, because I, because I look at it, I'm like, yeah, this is, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just, I'm just, I'm just drawn to it. So that's on the side. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. The, the craftsmanship. It just, it brings me such deep joy yeah. and it's just, I don't know, it's just fun. I right? like it. It's fun. And it's just like, I, I like to push myself hard to see if I can improve myself or myself. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's brought me to today. So yeah, well, those details are everything. Well, well, tell us about your international work also. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that crazy? So <laughs> I am literally like still, I've been full time as an artist for seven and a half years. I'm still working in the same one car garage. It is 12 foot wide by 23 foot long. Wow. And from this little space in this small town, I have sold, uh, my art is in 15 different countries. Wow. It's That's amazing. It's crazy. It, the power of social media is what yeah. it is. It's the power of people liking, sharing, and commenting on my posts. And it has, like, the, the people who support me online, I cannot 
ever put into words how grateful I am for them. Because if it wasn't for them, I, I wouldn't get to do what I do every day. Like I'm, I'm completely online now. I don't sell anywhere else other than, you know, through my Etsy shop. And, you know, it has, uh, just to have, to have some Finland, to have someone in Finland. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't even find it on a gang map before <laughs> I did that, right? Like, but just, uh, you know, saw what I was doing and, uh, like, needed to have, you know, needed to have it. So it's... Uh, just never cease to be amazed, right? I have a list of the countries I've sold in. I was like, my, my goal is to A, well in every continent, and uh, maybe not Antarctica. Is it a continent? I'm yeah. not good with yes. social studies. I don't want to be cold. Yeah. I'm sorry, Antarctica. I love you. Give me a woolly coat, and I'll come up there. <laughs> but like to weld on every continent, and uh, gosh, to, to get my art into as many countries as possible. Like, how incredible would that be? That'd, that'd be amazing. Yeah. You also have a YouTube channel, and then you were saying that you share videos with some of the students who are doing welding. Um, are those two things connected, or can you tell us what you share on your YouTube channel? So on YouTube, I have over a video, over a hundred videos teaching people how to weld art. Wow. Uh, there are a couple of inspirational ones on there, or like how to price your art is a huge, huge thing I get asked like the most, which yeah. is the biggest challenge I think for a human being. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's mostly about how to weld art. As soon as I learned something, I would turn around and teach it because it, like I said, welding and art has changed. It's well, I'll say well, welding has changed my life. It just it's allowed me to provide for my sons as a single parent. It has helped me bring myself out of depression and, and anxiety, all you know, a whole bunch of mental health issues. It's like I've. It's like I found like the like the so, well, how do I say it? I found like the secret recipe, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like I want to share that with as many people as humanly possible. If it's helped me, then there's a chance it could help someone else. And yeah. my life has changed so dramatically since getting into welding. On work ethic, you have to get in there and you have to work at it, you have to practice and everything else, but it's all that that has helped me. Growing to who I am today, and gosh, if I could share, you know, one little thing that, that might help somebody, I'm all over it. I love how much you get from giving back, and just like just how much gratitude you have. It's so refreshing, and and it's nice how grounded you are with as much success. I looked at your Instagram, and you have like eighty one thousand followers, <laughs> and yet you're like willing to sit with us and talk on our podcast. And uh, I mean, it's just. It's it's just really nice. So you you said you're trying to give back and you're you're sharing um, you know how to videos on YouTube. What kind of advice would you give to aspiring artists? Oh my gosh, believe in yourself and don't care what anyone else says. That's the biggest thing. It's oh, make the things that make you happy and don't forget why you started when things aren't going good. I think like the one of the is it pinnacle is that the right word one of like the defining moments for me as an artist was when I was nine months into being a full time artist and it's before I learned to sell to market and to brand my art and I was I don't want to say ignorantly because I wasn't ignorantly but I was kind of ignorantly just making art and I didn't know the whole sales part of it 
And what was happening was the money I saved before I quit my job, I had saved a bunch of money. I cashed in my 401k, went and got a personal loan the day before I quit my job. Yes, I'm gainfully employed. <laughs> um, I just wanted that foundation to protect me. So if I didn't sell anything, that'd be okay. But unfortunately, I didn't sell anything. And so I had, I was creating, I was working 16 to 18 hour days in the shop. But I was slowly going back into depression because I wasn't making any money. I was failing magnificently at something that was bringing me deep joy. And the failing part was sucking the joy out of it. Yeah. And I started making stuff out of fear instead of love. And what ended up happening is I found, um, I ended up going to this event where um, chainsaw carvers were creating art. There were, I think, 13 of them. They were in like this pen and they had an hour to create. Whatever they could, they could create a lot faster than I could with chainsaw. Why didn't I get into chainsaw? <laughs> I, I watched this guy have this moment. Like he was like three quarters of the way through and he's got the saw going, like the smoke's billowing out of it. You can smell the, the bar oil, the, you know, the oil and the, the gas. And just, he's got these headphones on and he's rocking out. And like they're, they're all going. And like this guy's like got the saw going. And he takes a step back and he looks at what he was creating and he nodded at it. He had this moment. He had this moment, and it's just such a pure, very private moment that creators have. That, like, at the end of the day, you step back and you look at what you created, and you're like, "I did that. It feels so good. I'm proud of it." And I watched him have this moment, and it reminded me why I was creating art because I sure as hell didn't get into it to make money. I got into it because it just I needed to create art. And it reminded me why I was doing what I was doing. And so when I went back into my shop, I said, F the money. I'm not here to make money. I'm here to make art. And what ended up happening is weirdly, I just started making money. I did get connected up with the chainsaw carvers and they were taking me to shows. And by going to the shows, I was able to showcase and sell what I was making. But it was that reminder of, I am here to create art, not to make money. Now, yes, I need you to go out and learn how to brand and market and sell your art because you need to learn to run a business because you are a business. But always, always remember why you're creating art, and that's to create from from your soul and to create the things that make you happy. And you do that well, and then you you practice that. And it is practice with all of it, just like you had to practice to get good at your art. You have to practice to brand and market and sell. And it's like using both sides of your brain, but yeah, just when things are tough, like just go back to that love and just like, they just remember, just remember why, oh my gosh, remember why you're making the art because when you, when you create from that place of love, like it, it's just, it, it'll blow your mind what you'll create, but that, that fear of like creating out of fear and that, that starving aspect, it's just, it's such a dangerous place to be because like I said, and gone back into depression and like it i pulled myself back out again but i definitely like was having a hard time coming in and creating because i was just so broken hearted down like i know this is what i'm supposed to be doing i'm just failing it so that that branding marketing and, and sales it's it's a hard thing i think for artists because there's a lot of stuff out there for entrepreneurs and building a brand like mikey or mcdonald's is just light years away from building a an art brand yeah. So yeah, that was a really inspirational. I got I got goosebumps as yeah. you were saying that. So thanks. 
for sure. I'll cry all over the podcast. Oh my gosh. No, no. And I think, (laughs) Barbie, what you were talking about, I think goes beyond artists. It's for each and every one of us. Um, You know, remember why you started doing what you started doing. Um, You know, so I I think that was, yeah, I think that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what are you working on now? Oh my gosh. This year is just spectacular. (laughs) I have, I am making some really massive changes in my business. I have to do this every now and then or I go back crap crazy. (laughs) Um, And it's like, I call it death ground. So I put myself on death ground and then I figure out it's the jumping off a cliff and figuring out how to build an airplane on the way down. It's putting your reputation on the line. It's driving out to Sturgis with no idea how you're going to get the sculpture done, but you're going to make it happen. Um, I've actually stopped taking commissions and we're going to see how this plays out. I, for a while, was taking commissions, but I was being super, super, I was saying no to probably 99% of the people that approach me for commissions because I am... I need to be inspired with what I'm doing just because there's money there. Now I'm in a different position than when I was, you know, like seven years ago when I started, um, I've learned passive income. And if you're an artist, learn and study passive income. It is the best gift you can ever give yourself because it is the gift of freedom mm-hmm. and money is so important and people don't like to talk about it, but money is so important because of <laughs> freedom. Um, so through my hard work, I've given myself the freedom of being very, very picky about the commissions I take. And now I'm in a position where I don't even have to take commissions anymore. Um, I am going to, in 2022, I'm going to finish this Phoenix sculpture. Um, I call it a self-portrait. I don't know if it's a self-portrait, if it's a sculpture, but it's a self-portrait. I'm the artist. <laughs> I get to call it what I want. But it's yep, half right. and half Phoenix. That's right. It is me. It is my rising from the ashes, and it represents anyone who's ever overcome an obstacle, which is all of us. Mm-hmm. She is all of us. I am writing the four children's books, showcasing and honoring the skilled trades and working with your hands and craftsmanship. I am selling my house. I'm going to buy a large industrial shop in some very warm city. I don't know what yet. You guys can all fight over me. Let me know which city you want to move to. <laughs> this, I need to have a good car culture. I need it to be warm most of the year. Yep. And that's about it. I just want to make something that. that's fun. Yeah. Give me, I, give me like, it could be anywhere. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to live in the shop. Uh, I've got a, I've got a bus that I bought a little, um, like this it's, it's a cute little shuttle bus and i can haul my motorcycle in it and so i'm gonna either live in that or build a little place in the, inside the industrial shop and live in that i'm good with like a cot and a uh, hot plate and like a shower and a coffee maker like i'm good to go but uh i once i get there i am going to and i'm not sure how it looks just yet because i play with whatever i'm doing um i'm going back into furniture so when I was very early on to doing my sculpture, I did a lot of tables. I gave a lot of them away, almost all of them, more welcome people, because I didn't know how to sell. And I was making these things and didn't have room for it and wanted to get my name out as an artist. And so I gave away a lot, like literally just like, oh, I'm going to do this raffle. I gave, I gave away stuff because I didn't have room for it and then to get my name out. And I went away from it because I didn't have room for it and because I couldn't sell, I didn't understand the selling stuff at the time. 
but I freaking love functional art. And so I am going to go back and play with tables and whether it's one of a kind or a product line or a little bit of both, I'm going to do that. And I'm also going to take my motorcycle, which I've been wanting to do since forever. Um, I want a biker build off myself. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show, but like, gosh, I think it was like 2002. The show Biker Build Off come out, and it oh, was yeah. the competition between two bike builders. And like, they would have this competition, they would build the bikes, and then they would ride them cross country. And I'm just going to do that myself. So, I'm going to take my motorcycle, I'm going to tear it all the way down, I am going to chop it up, I'm going to rebuild it, and then I'm going to drive it cross country. And I've never done it before, so we're just going to see how that goes. <laughs> Sounds like an amazing plan. <laughs> Someone somewhere figured it out. They can figure yeah. it out. So can I. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, Barbie, we've been learning so much about you and so much about what fuels you. As we wrap this up, we like to ask one last question about what is your call to action? So the one thing that you would ask or would like people to take away from you, what is your call to action? Apologetically be yourself and don't give a rat's tiny tushy what anyone else thinks of you. Mm -hmm. I've spent so much of my life like in fear of what other people would say or the judgment of others or following someone else's path for me that they felt was right. And the more I learned to lean into being exactly the goofy, silly person that I am, the happier I am. The, the less I look to others for approval and start seeking approval from only myself, the happier I am. So I challenge you to be exactly who you are and not to look to anyone else for approval, but approve of your own damn yeah. self. Beautifully said. Awesome. Thank you so much, Barbie, for joining us today. Ugh, it's been so inspirational to get to talk to you. And yeah. I can't wait to go check out your Etsy shop. Um, and... I just, I'm going to follow you and, and keep up with what you're up to. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you guys so very much for taking your time to talk with me today. I'm so grateful for you.